All right, welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan, along with my co-host, Julian Edlow, as we are going to get you set for the super wild card weekend. All the betting angles, we're going to be getting to them later in the show. Dan Lishaps from 98.5, the Sports Hub, returning guest, coming back to the show so we can talk over all of the bets you can make for a wild card weekend, we're going to be giving how we like on some sides, some totals, maybe a little six point teaser, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking all of that, so be sure to stay tuned for that. But first and foremost, got some uh, got some promotions going on over the DraftKings Sportsbook, one of the favorite promotions that is going on currently for the Super Wild Card Weekend. It's the Hammer the Over promotion. Got to get that damn total down for the Patriots and Bills game. How this works, every 5,000 bettors that takes this promotion, they lower the total by half a point. And if, if you've seen the weather forecast in Buffalo, you want this total as low as possible. I mean, this is not going to be a high-scoring game. I probably just jinxed it. But there's a good chance this is not going to be a high-scoring game. So the lower well, you can get that total, the better. Go ahead. I mean, we've seen these promotions before. So I have a hunch how it's going to end. It's going to end with the total being zero. So if you think a point will be scored in this game, then hammer the over. So make sure to go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Take part in this promotion. Hammer that total down. Hammer the over. That is what's going on over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So make sure to take a part in that. Julian, I know that you are a very giving person on the pod, off the pod. What do you have going on over on your Twitter page? Well, I am. Everybody knows that I'm the Santa Claus of uh, the sports gambling uh, Twitter sphere. So didn't give up in honor of that, Steve. I'm going to go ahead and give away 50-5-0 tickets to the NFL Millionaire Maker for Wild Card Weekend over on DraftKings. So that's on my Twitter handle, at Julian Edlow. You go there, you follow me, you retweet it, and you reply with your DK username. And on Friday, you got to be watching this before the weekend. You got to watch this on Thursday or uh, on on Friday morning. On Friday, we're going to select 50 winners. You get that ticket. You enter Saturday's contest that covers the six wild card games. Um, And you hopefully, because you're an unreasonable odds listener, win a million dollars. So that would be cool. Um, So we got that going on. We got the hammer, the over going on. Steve, anything else we got going on before we uh, bring in a guest? We have a lot of betting things to talk about. It's the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Dan Lifschatz, 98.5 The Sports Up. He's coming on. We're going to talk some betting angles. Super wild card weekend. Let's get to it. All righty, we plugged it off the top of the show. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you see we're into our three-man booth now. Welcoming in Dan Lifschatz uh, from 98.5 The Sports Up. One of the co-hosts of the Over Under 98.5 podcast, one of the co-hosts of the Over Under 98.5 show, presented by DraftKings, uh, 7 to 9 a.m., right, Dan, on uh, on Saturday mornings? Yes, sir, that's correct. All right, you can listen to it if you're local in the Boston market. I'm sure you know 98.5. If you're not, the World Wide Web has things like that for you. Um but let's dive right into it. It is wild card weekend. Um, super wild card weekend, right? Which I think is dumb. Just nothing super right. until the Super Bowl. That's why it's called the Super Bowl. Um, but an interesting six-game slate, including the debut of uh, of Monday Night Football on in the playoffs. So we get to stretch across three days here. We'll see if we like it or not. 
Um, but we're just going to, we're going to keep it simple for you this week, rip through all six of the games, chronological order and, uh, and give you some thoughts. So that means we are starting in Cincinnati where, uh, the Raiders who, as I say, every time we talk about the Raiders, I've gotten every Raiders game wrong for two years. I've gotten their win total wrong for two years in a row. I think the Bengals win the game. So the Raiders are going to win this game. Um, numbers come down, uh, significantly six and a half down to five for the Raiders total sitting at 48 and a half money line is plus plus one eighty on Vegas minus two twenty on Cincy. Um, the tale of two different teams here, Cincy pretty much rested last week, at least burrow and most of the key guys, others coming out of the game. So they have two weeks off. They have the week to prep. Whereas Vegas gets the Sunday night game going into overtime the emotional win, is it going to be a tie, loss, win? Who knows? Now the shorter week into Saturday to, to prep for a road game. I hate the Raiders, but this is the spot type of spot they've been thriving in all year. Uh, Dan, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I uh, I totally agree with you guys. I think this is a, uh, I think this is a Raiders spot, and the, the longer the week Well, that means goes, you disagree with me. I think it's a Bengals spot, which means... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> then, then I, then I, then, okay, well, then I definitely disagree with you, which is classic right. Julian to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, listen, I think this is a Raiders spot the further we go into the week. Everyone is super, super high on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals team. And I just got to be honest with you, I don't really buy into them. I, yeah, Steve, I see, I see you raising it. I don't buy into them, man. Like, okay, here's the breakdown for Burrow for me. And here's kind of where it comes unglued for me. The Bengals, you know, weakness is their offensive line. I think we can all agree there. You know, it's not the worst in the league, but it's certainly, you know, it's no great shakes. What do the Raiders do defensively as well as anyone? They have a great defensive line. They get to the quarterback. They put pressure on you. When teams have blitzed Joe Burrow this year, he has torn them apart. In fact, Burrow's averaging like 0.38 EPA per pass. When teams are blitzing him, it's absolutely insane. It's higher than what Aaron Rodgers was averaging during his MVP season when teams were blitzing him. So Burrow has been unreal against the blitz. However, when teams decide to play it safe and not blitz Burrow, he's averaging 0.02 EPA per pass. Basically, 25th, 26th in the league, meaning if you're not blitzing Burrow, he's struggling because the coverage out there, you're probably playing nickel or dime. It's a little bit of a different look when you have two guys in Jamar Chase or Higgins and, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's a completely different game. So this game plan actually falls perfectly in line with what I expect the Raiders to do. Now the secondary isn't great there. So that's my only concern from really hammering this number or hammering the five and a half. It's five and a half some places, five others. But I look at this and say, this is, this is a Raiders spot, especially since these two teams played earlier in the year. Like, you know, these two teams met already. It's not like they did. And it's not like they're unfamiliar. Revenge. I also, I also think that the Raiders are a different team. Uh, since that point, you know, since that time, we've obviously seen the last couple of weeks, you know, beating Indy, doing whatever they needed to do against the Chargers. I just think this to me, this is this is oh, sorry, this is uh, Vegas or nothing. They basically had a playoff game last weekend, guys. I mean, that, that's really what it was. It was a playoff game last weekend and they pulled it out. So it feels like to me, while well, since he's been resting their guys, you know, eh, Vegas has kind of been in playoff mode. And I'm just going to say this as well. I'm not high on Zach Taylor. I don't trust him. So, I, yeah, to me, it's it's Vegas or nothing. 
the Vegas had a playoff game last week that they were perfectly fine tying and uh, Staley was not fine with that result, decided to call timeout and uh, wanted to go all or nothing. So uh, great call there, Steve uh, Bengals Raiders. I know you've been a Bengals guy all year. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dan kind of brought up the point that I was going to bring up that Burrow has been one of the best QBs in the league. Uh, when, when he's being blitzed, 70, 70% completion percentage, uh, over a thousand passing yards, 11 of his touchdowns. Like he has just been so good in that scenario. And that's what the Raiders are going to throw at him. And then I brought this up on the show earlier this week too. Joe Mixon had one of his best games against this run defense. This run defense is awful. And what the Raiders are throwing out there. So now you're going to have Mixon coming in healthy. You have Burrow being so good under pressure, so good when he's getting blitzed. Like, these are all things that make me like the Bengals in this spot. Now, the Raiders are a much better team than we saw before. The coaching has been much better. The team just seems to be clicking a lot more. You know, you can say what you want to say about that game against the Chargers. You know, that was just such a back-and-forth affair. But I just think this is such a great spot for the Bengals. I've been riding them all season long. I'm not going to stop here at, at this point. You know, the Raiders are kind of playing with house money, it feels like, at this point, because we didn't think they were going to get in there. But thank God for the Colts, baby. Cash and Julian and I missed the playoff tickets. We love them. But um, I love that, too. I was I was on that way, too, buddy. <laughs> you know, we, were, we were just casually riding uh, by being forced into, being strong-armed into uh, Colts plus 150 money line on Sunday, which obviously cashed. <laughs> yep. Or so sorry, uh, Jags plus 150 money line. What am I saying? Yeah. Uh, amazing turn of events here, but I, I, yeah. I love Cincy at this point. I, I'm not, I'm not going to go away from the method being on them all season long. I just think they have the better team and, you know, I'm just waiting for the Derek Carr implosion. We haven't seen it for weeks now. This would be a perfect opportunity to get that Derek Carr implosion once again. Um, I think that's fair, but could you also say, aren't you waiting for the Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow implosion? Like, isn't it always the team that everyone thinks is so great has never played a playoff game gets into the playoffs and then, just lays a fat egg against a team that they're definitely better. I mean, they're definitely better than Vegas, but I just think Vegas is a tougher matchup in the way that they match up is, is so almost perfect to a T with the way that you want to, as long as Vegas doesn't blitz and just, you know, they get pressure with Crosby off the edge and they, and they're able to generate with four. I think that since he's going to struggle with this one. The only like counter to the playoff thing and it's new in the NFL is that like Joe Burrow has said like, Hey, SEC games are way louder than NFL games. And he's played on the bigger like national championship type stages, but it's a new game in the NFL. And, and I do agree with your point fully on Vegas getting there with the pass rush, but not blitzing is going to be one of the keys to this game. Um, and you brought up Vegas being a different team the first time around that these two teams played. Vegas's season is amazing. They start off winning three games in a row, a couple of them in overtime, then go three and seven for a window, the window that they met uh, Cincy in, and then win four in a row pretty much with their backs against the wall and playoff type of games to get in. Um, and I say that because it transitions to our next game, the Saturday night game, where the Patriots start the season a sloppy two and four, rip off seven in a row. They have a, It's the opposite of the Raiders. They have a good window right there in the middle. And then close going one and three with the only win over Jacksonville, limping into a Saturday night game in Buffalo. Now, I think all bets are off here in terms of like it's the third matchup between these teams, divisional game that know each other well. It's Saturday night. It's in, it's going to be in the elements again. Um, this game reminds me more of the first Monday night game in Buffalo than it does the Sunday afternoon game in yeah. Foxborough. Not that it's going to be 
quite the same with, uh, you know, wind bending the goalposts, but more of a slop fest. Dan and I, Dan and I talked on the radio on, on Tuesday night and discussed this game already. Yep. Pats with the points is tempting. And this total going up to 44 is head scratching. I know you're in the same, you agree with that, Steve. I have not teased a same game all season. And Dan and I have talked about this as well. This is the spot to do it. This is the spot to do it. It's at four and 44 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. I got it at the 44 and a half and the four and a half, which were the better numbers. You go up to 10 and a half with the Pats under 50 and a half for the game. It just, they're so correlated and it gets you that extra little safety net on, you know, just keep it within 10 for the Pats and, and 50 and a half is a nice number to have on a total. I don't know. Maybe I get punished for, for teasing the same game here, but I just feel it gets there. Dan, I know we're, we're pretty similarly aligned on this game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, the stats kind of bear it out too. Uh, I mean, this is since 2003, <clears throat> excuse me, since 2003 wildcard games between divisional rivals, the road team 11 and three against the spread yeah. eight and six straight up. I mean, that is <clears throat> It's basically telling you that road teams are, are winning at a higher clip than home teams in the wild card round. Mm-hmm. And especially when they play each other a third time round, it's it, that, that's, that is, is quite astonishing. And when you take a look at that and you start pairing that with Josh Allen's struggles in the cold, Josh Allen's numbers in the three, in the three games below 32 degrees since 2019, 50.6 completion rate, four touchdowns, five interceptions, 58.4 passer rating. Josh Allen has openly stated that he does not like playing in the cold. Despite going to Wyoming, yeah. <laughs> despite going to Wyoming, he doesn't like playing in the cold. He likes playing in the warm. Okay. Here's, so much here's... so that Buffalo, because he's going to be their guy for so long, they want to build him a dome because they are built to be like, be like the chiefs. Building I mean, a yeah. Dome in Buffalo goes against everything you think of when you think Buffalo bills football. Exactly. He's two and eight against his teams are two and eight against the spread when the temperature is 38 or 38 degrees or below. Now, those three games I talked about, 32 degrees and below, they won all three of those games. They were facing Duck Hodges, Cam Newton, and and, and Matt Ryan. So they were, okay, they they were facing, you know, and boy, this is not Natty Ice. This is, you know, 2021 Matt Ryan. So. Correct. Look, they're they're different guys, but I mean Hodges and Kim. This is the year that Cam was awful, not with the Patriots, with Carolina. Like, the, you know, he's facing guys there, and they're, he's barely winning. So I just look. I don't trust. I don't trust Josh Allen in the snow, which it sounds like it's gonna you know potentially have some wintry mix. It's gonna Perfect. be freezing cold there it's going to be it's going to feel like negative four negative five degrees probably by you know around game time we could be looking at 10 to 50 mile an hour winds nothing is lining up for the buffalo bills who aren't built to play in buffalo they're built to beat kansas city they're built to be you know these high-flying offenses cincinnati might be another good one that you know they can kind of keep up against i just I think this is a really bad matchup for Buffalo and it's not because the Patriots are playing so well, because I've heard that Mac Jones, and this is not an excuse, but I've heard that Mac Jones is truly banged up. And if maybe he was uh, another Patriots, former quarterback, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, uh, maybe he wouldn't be playing because uh, Jimmy may have had a similar injury 
to uh, what Mac has currently. And so, you know, again, I, I don't want to give the guy excuses. He's been, he's been a great quarterback this year for rookie. I think people got way too crazy on the Patriots hype train when they won seven in a row. Take a look at the quarterbacks and the teams they played against. They're a solid team. You know, they have a rookie quarterback. No rookie quarterback has won in the playoffs since 2012. I just think this is a per, this is a perfect example of a team that is, you know, has the coach advantage and has the weather advantage and are built to kind of play in the situation. I like the under quite a bit, and I've taken some Patriots four and a half already, and I may end up adding more. I just think anything over three and a half, you have to automatically take the Patriots here, right? If we're saying all these things that this is going to be another low scoring game, this is going to be another game where it's going to be freezing. And you know, what are they going to do? Like, I don't want anything, anything four and above. I'm all over the Patriots. So I'm surprised that it's still sitting at this number. And then you look at what the bills have done at home. They have had the, they had the biggest cupcake schedule in the league at home this season. Look at the teams that they played at home. They played the Steelers, the Washington football team, the Texans, the Dolphins, the Colts, the Patriots in that game, and then the Panthers, Falcons, Jets. Who have they beaten at home? That is such a cupcake schedule that they have this season. Now, obviously, the Patriots are in that mix there, but that's the game that they lost, too, and that's exactly the type of game we're going to see in this one here, too, as well. So, you know, at this number right now at four, like, absolutely on the Patriots. If this starts to come down, which I don't think it really is going to, but, you know, Dan, what, what did you think about Julian Tease in this game twice? So you get the Patriots at the 10, and then you get the under at, at 50. I know you're not that, – that, that, that sounds like a, a non-Dan bet, but I, I was curious what your thoughts were on that. So now I just want to, I just want to jump on your point there. Not to mention, don't forget the Steelers who are the only other playoff team they played at home. They blew like a 14 point lead at half. Right. They lost that yeah. game. Yeah. So I, it was week one. It was a long time ago, but yeah, look, so I'm not a total, I'm not a, a tease the total guy. And it's, right. it's really just kind of this. If you tease a spread, there's always going to be more value in a tease and a spread simply because you can always gain points back in a spread. You can never gain points back in a total. So right. I, but I will say if there's ever a time for me to tease a total, which again, I, I almost never do like, this is really, really tempting. I don't think I'd take the Patriots with the 10 and a half. I'd probably look at Kansas city, maybe at six and a half. Um, I'm avoiding the, the Tampa Bay tease altogether. Cause the whole world feels like they're going to be on that tease. And I can't wait. So they win by like one or two points and everyone just gets, you know, annihilated there, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking for something else. Uh, may I just, I'm, I'm yeah, about this. I'm, I'm scared of the same game tease. I'm scared of it. I do not yeah. have the cojones that Steve does or Julian does. Like I just, I don't, I don't have those. I don't have that guys. Well, I'm almost, I'm almost, so I don't think I've teased it. I said, I haven't done the same game tease this season. I think the reason is I don't think I've teased a total this season. Cause like you, I rarely tease uh, a total. Yeah. Um, but if I am, I almost prefer to make it a same game tease so that I'm somewhat correlating it yeah. rather than tease the total and go to whatever Kansas city, Tampa, um, whoever, just so that I know I'm getting like, cause if the Patriots keep this to 10 or less, I'm, very very confident that the the total score is going to be 50 or less so i guess a little correlation to get some value out of it is where where my head is at um all right i have takes on the saturday games i have a take when we get to the monday game i'm 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 extremely takeless on the three game sunday slate um but let's start with the one o'clock game we just alluded to it the, the obvious quote unquote teaser leg on the board is to get Tampa down below the field goal, get through all the key numbers. 
um, hosting Philly, but I'm hearing we're going to get a little maybe rain and wind in Tampa uh, potentially for this one. So the more you can limit the pass, I would say the more we, the more it takes away an edge from the Bucks. Eight and a half, 46 and a half, nothing for me there. Um, we have a guest on that uh, will tell you to never, ever make a parlay. Um, but Tampa is my favorite money line parlay piece of the weekend. Like we said, maybe that teaser doesn't get there and they win by one or two and it, it gets a little gross. Um, I'm very confident that Tampa is going to win this game at home. I don't know what I would put it with yet, so I'm not there. But, you know, I might incorporate it into something else I like over the next week. But Tampa is a leg that I'm comfortable putting into a parlay. Okay, uh, I, I I understand your point. I mean, listen, I'm I'm not. Well, that's I'm not a, I mean, it's a it's a no take. It's a no take by me. It's saying I'm not touching the spread, and I think that the heavy heavy home favorite is going to win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I I, I understand. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a parlay guy. You guys know that it's well documented. I I I hate them. So, so here's the. I mean, how about this? You know, maybe go Tampa and and you know something else. I, 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 you know, maybe almost do like a 13 point tease. At least you get Tampa, like what four or whatever, whatever it is, you know, across the number there. I know you never tease across zero, but 13 points. I, I don't know what you do in that situation. This game is, this game is confusing to me. The total has moved from 47 to 45 and a half. Now um, there were definitely some pro players and some sharp money that came in on this yesterday. December was 47 and you know, this, the, the Philly number is kind of the, the, the spreads bounce between, you know, nine, nine and a half, eight and a half, wherever you are. I don't think the number is really going to uh, end up mattering to be honest with you. I, I kind of look at this game and say, mm, this reminds me of when Tampa played Taylor Heineke and the football team in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year, and no one gave them a chance. <clears throat> and everyone just kind of thought that Tampa would steamroll that team. And they were a much more difficult out than, you know, a lot of people remember that that was a tough game for Tampa. I almost feel like that might have been the toughest game in the playoffs for Tampa for whatever reason in my mind. But I just think that Philly is kind of being super underrated. They're playing with house money. Like, you know, they didn't win the division. You know, they didn't, they didn't back into the playoffs per se, but no one really expected them to be here, especially the way they started the season. And I, I feel like they're playing some of the best ball that they played in a, you know, in a long time. Miles Sanders is back this week and he's been practicing. So I think that's going to be an additional boost. Cause I do think that if you want to beat Tampa, you know, later in the season, teams are actually able to run on them a little bit. And so I do think that that's going to be an important way to kind of control the game there. I just look at what Tom Brady has and, and, and those weapons. And I just, I, I don't trust them guys. Like, Here's a here's another insane stat. Since 2003, if I told you what Tom Brady's against the spread re- record was in the playoffs, 42 games, what would you guys say? I know it, so I'm going to let Steve guess. Steve, if you if you had a guess, what would you be? 42 games. I'm guessing it's not going to be good. I'm going to be guessing it's close to 500. It is close to five, 22 and 20 against yeah. the spread in the playoffs, which is insane because the spread has been dead for so long, but you know Brady's teams don't cover. Do you, Dan, do you have his, do you know the out? Do you know the outright record in those forty-two games? I don't know. I don't know the outright. Okay. Do, you, do you have it? We know it's a no, but we know it's a lot better than twenty. <laughs> 20. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 significantly better. I don't know the I don't know the exact record, but it's significantly better. So to me, it's like you and I hate playing all dogs and all unders, right? Because it's yeah. so cliche first weekend, especially with the way the history is gone, but. I feel like if you're going to play something here, 
Well, you, you kind of missed the best number on the total. Don't chase it. Mm, I, I'd say maybe Philly. I actually, here, here's up with this. I don't hate Philly in a tease up to 14 and a half. And here's why the past five years, 14 has actually been a more key number in where games land than 10 has been by almost, by almost a, a, a percent and a half. So I think that maybe 14 is the new 10, which kind of sounds crazy, but that's what happens when you have all offense in a league. So maybe I tease, you know, Philly instead of the Tampa side, or maybe go another Julian side and go Philly and Tampa tease them both. Again, that's not me. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to tease the Tampa. Put yourself in a box, in a window. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm never going to do that, but... Uh, but I, I kind of don't let, I kind of don't hate uh, Philly as a teaser up to 14 and a half. I, I think eight and a half is just too many points, right? Like if you look at the, if you look at the scores for, for the Tampa's final, you know, three games, Carolina jets, uh, Carolina. Okay. The final score doesn't tell the story of how that game was. They, they were struggling against these, against these teams, really poor offenses. These were, you know, obviously the final score of like that first Carolina game, 32 to six was a blowout or whatnot, but like they were struggling against the Jets. They were struggling in the first half of that game against Carolina. That secondary is brutal, absolutely brutal. And I keep saying that like, that's going to be the biggest detriment for them in the playoffs. So now you have somebody like Jalen Hurts who, you know, I'm a, I'm obviously a big Jalen Hurts guy. You know, Julian knows this. I've been on him all year, but if you tell me that, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to have the opportunity to throw against this team, the Eagles are going to have success. So eight and a half points for me is just too much to back Tampa. Tampa has been a force at home. Like, I think they're 7-1 straight up at home and um, really good against the spread record, too, at home. But, like, I don't know, man. With how banged up that secondary is and then you take away half of Brady's weapons, I have no issue with eight and a half. But getting up to 14 and a half for the Eagles, I love that. I think that's... That's going to end up being my favorite teaser leg this week. I think that's the number. All right, guys. We'll try and speed it up a little bit through the last uh, last few games here. A nice historical matchup. Niners-Cowboys on Sunday afternoon in Big D. San Fran getting three. Uh, probably with the juice, the way it's heading, looking like it'll be three and a half. Um, Cowboys land three at home. Total 50 and a half. Dallas minus 160, San Fran plus 140 as we record on DK Sportsbook. I fun game. I don't think I'm gonna bet this one because I don't, I I don't know. Like either San Fran is gonna do it their way and do it right. And uh, you know, like Dan will tell you, the spread probably doesn't matter and they probably win, but getting plus three and a half would be nice. Or the Dallas high flying offense is gonna wake up and San Francisco is not gonna be able to keep up and they're gonna cruise. Um I lean slightly to San Francisco and the points. Um, I also think it's just fun to, you know, fade the Cowboys and hope that their uh, lack of playoff success continues. Um, But I don't know. This might be a sit and watch for me, Dan. uh, Probably going to say it's a tough game, but go ahead. Yeah, look, I I know I totally agree. If you ask me the one game that I don't know what what to do with in the uh, the playoffs this week, this is the game. I I agree. The the hook is extremely key for me. If you want Dallas, jump now. Go get the three. Don't be, you know, don't wait and see where it goes because it's only going to go up. I I would take Dallas with the three now if you like that side. 
If you like the Niners, it appears it's going to be, you know, three and a half minus 120 minus 115 in the next couple of days, you know, be patient. And I guess that's the way I would lean. Like the hook would kind of be important to me. So I'd probably go with the hook if I had to, but I got to be honest with you. I, I think Dallas is probably the right side. Like just looking at the number is probably the right side because again, San Francisco feels like the NFC version of the Bengals right now. They like kind of, you know, they, they backed in, in my opinion, they didn't deserve to win that game. They backed in, which obviously since he didn't do, but everyone's so high on them right now. And, you know, it's been the Debo Samuel show. And I just know, look, I love Jimmy and I've been a pro Jimmy guy pro. I was pro Jimmy prior to Mac, but I still say when, yeah, when it comes down to really Jimmy Garoppolo, like, I don't really trust him still. I, I don't trust him in, in big time spots and maybe with Belichick that looks different, but I don't trust him. I definitely don't trust Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs. I think we all know that 28, three, like it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't trust that team. Um, I really want nothing to do with this game. Like I, you know, I feel like the, the total, it's probably going to go over, but like, I, I, I honestly don't know where to go in this one. I just don't like, this is going to be the game where I say, I'll look and see if there's something second half, but I mean, really, I'm probably not playing anything. San Fran has lost me more money than any other team in the NFL. That team sucks when I look at it, <laughs> but Dallas minus three, that's my play or nothing. That's, that's the only thing I'm taking in this one. <clears throat> very quick, very fair. Um, <laughs> Sunday night game, Pittsburgh at Kansas city. We saw it a couple weeks ago and the number was everywhere. I think it was nine. And then we had some, Kansas City COVID news came down as low as seven and a half and then uh, got bet back up once Kansas City was relatively healthy and Kansas City blew doors. Um, If you want me to tell you what I think is going to happen in this game, I think Kansas City is going to blow doors at home again. But we know that because of where the number was, there's value on Pittsburgh at plus 12 and a half. Am I comfortable betting Pittsburgh plus 12 and a half? No, uh, because they're not a good team. So again, much like the Tampa game, I, I don't have a I don't have a, a take. Um, I think that the home team wins and I'm not willing to lay it with them and I'm not willing to bet the dog. Um, it's just a it's just a Tampa game with a higher point spread to me. The Eagles have a better chance to win than the Steelers in my mind, but neither of them are going to. Uh, Dan, can you play anything in this game? Uh, well, the first the, the first matchup of these two teams is very disappointing because I got a nice middle seven and 12 and I was like, OK, uh, this is great. And I was I was like, OK, th- you know, this has a chance. And then Kansas City, as you said, blue doors, absolutely, you know, Roethlisberger didn't even look like an NFL quarterback that game. And, you know, that game was not close. I I feel like it, I mean, listen, there's there's going to be some them some faves that win here. And I think that Kansas City. <laughs> it would be the one that I would take on Sunday. If I was looking to take a favorite, I, I think that, you know, despite the way that Pittsburgh has played and they've definitely played better and it looks like they might be getting Juju Smith Schuster back and whatever. Najee Harris got banged up at the end of that, uh, of the game last week against Baltimore. People kind of don't remember that, that, you know, we need to remember how bad the Browns and Ravens that they just recently beat to get in are because they're not good Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're they're not good. They're divisional games, so I I do want to give them some credit for that, but they're they're not great. And I think, look again, I, I think this is another spot where I'd probably go to the tees. It opened thirteen and a half. 
Now it's down to 12 and a half. I might feel comfortable taking Kansas City at six and a half on the tees and doing maybe six and a half with, you know, Philly, Kansas City type thing. Um, right. I, I got to be honest. I don't know. I, I don't really know where to stand on the total. It feels low to me, which also <clears throat> would kind of signify that either A, Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey are probably not as healthy as we would hope they'd, you know, hope them for them to be because Kelsey got banged up at the end of last game and Hill had the heel thing. And, or it says that, you know, Pittsburgh ain't going to score much. And right. I just, I, th- again, another game that I, I don't really truly love. I'm going to go Kansas City tease here if I'm, if I'm going to play something down the six and a half. I yeah, I think that's that. Only, that that that's the only route I would take too. I mean, don't forget, Kansas City started two and seven against the spread, and then yep. ended up eight and nine. They were a much better cover team in the second half of the season. But this is a really big uh, spread to cover, even against a bad team. I'd much rather take them six and a half and do it with the Eagles. There you go. Um, all right, Monday night, I do have a take. Cardinals Rams, another division matchup, another night game, another third time around this year. Road team won both of the regular season matchups. Um, I'm laying the three and a half with the Rams at home. I have no issue with that. I think that they are the better team, and I think they will show it in this game. I pray that Stafford just doesn't make the dumb mistakes that he's been making in some of these games lately, um, because they don't uh, like they don't need that. If they just play a little smarter, talent wise, they should get through these these games. Um, but you got Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham Jr. is actually making a difference as the wide receiver, too. They're running the ball pretty pretty well. Uh, and they have the difference makers on, on defense with Donald up front and Ramsey in the secondary as playmakers. Um, I, I, you know, the Rams outside of Stafford really have, have been there. They've made their runs, and Stafford is, should be veteran enough to stand in there and help them. This is the learning experience for the Cardinals of getting there and being there. I don't want anything to do with Cliff Kingsbury in a playoff game. He's awful. Simple as that. Give me the Rams with the three and a half, laying the three and a half on Monday night, Dan. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm in, we're in full agreement here again. I, this is my favorite play of the weekend. And I know it goes <clears throat> directly against the divisional stat that I just gave out. Yep. However, <laughs> and, and this is the, however, okay. However, one, Bill Belichick is not Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Kingsbury has been maybe outside of Brandon Staley. If you take a look at just in terms of coaching rankings and obviously, you know, Joe Judge, et cetera, <clears throat> I would have Cliff Kingsbury and Brandon Staley as the number three and four worst, worst coaches in the second half of the season. And I know people think that that's astonishing or some really super hot take. I think Staley blew, you know, took his team out of the playoffs. And I think Kingsbury did his damnedest to try and get his team out of the playoffs. Like <clears throat> down the stretch, this team, what started seven and oh, like people forget that they yep. backed into the playoffs They're They lost to Seattle the final week. This team sucks right now. And no Deandre Hopkins, which has been such a major turning point for this Cardinals yeah. team. No Hopkins has been an issue for Kyler Murray. It feels like there's just no organization here. Uh, it, it feels like everyone's going to love, the Cardinals is a public dog. Ooh, I'm getting four, three and a half. Like, ooh, I'll take I'll take the dog on Monday night, you know, divisional. And, and again, I, you know, the, the stat says take Arizona, but the, the Rams and by the way, I think Stafford is banged up, which I think is partially part, part of the problem right now. I think he's playing through something, yeah. but you know, I just, they're, they're too talented. 
They have been playing such good football. I know they lost and they blew that lead last week, but that was Debo Samuel being Debo Samuel and doing Debo Samuel things. I just don't think that the Cardinals are going to be able to, you know, replicate what the Niners did. I, I, you know, I, I think that the Rams are playing better football and I just don't see how the Cardinals cover Cooper cup. I just, I, I don't see it. And Cam Akers shockingly might play a decent size role in this game. Crazy compared, you know, because he tore his Achilles and, you know, before the preseason, absolutely insane. But I think if, uh, if they can run the ball and hold it, I, I think they win by a touchdown. I, I I love the Rams, love them. And I think that I would probably be looking at some alt spreads here too, um, you know, for, uh, for potential payouts. Anything up to like six and a half, you think on alternate? Yeah, I, I might even be willing to, you know, dabble on the seven and a half. Yeah. All right. Quick question before you, quick question before you go, Steve, how, uh, what level of confidence did you guys have in Hopkins playing in this game? Because I don't, maybe I'm just an idiot, but my understanding was they were working hard to get him back. It would be like, Hey, you'll be back sometime in the playoffs. No. Yeah. I think if, I think the idea was he, if he was going to come back, it wouldn't be until the championship if they made it that far. Oh yeah. No far. shot. Right. Of maybe I'm thinking of somebody else and I just wasn't paying attention, but um, just real quick. Cause I know Dan's going to get out of here though. That yep. stat about Kingsbury for the first games uh, one through seven, even back to Texas tech 42, 20 and one. And then the rest of the year, he's gone 16 and 43 in his career as head coach. Absolutely atrocious. And if all the points that Dan made, they can't stop this Rams offense. They can't stop this Rams team. You get Beckham in there, you got Cup. And then without Hopkins, it's been such a big difference. Like the number one receiver for the Cardinals since Hopkins has been out is Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz doesn't do anything after he catches the ball. No yards after the catch ever. He catches the ball and falls down. That's all he does, right? You're not going to beat the Rams with somebody like Zach Ertz or anything like that. James Conner, been banged up too as well. That was a big force in the game when they played him the first time. Now James Conner's banged up. You're going to rely upon Chase Edmonds? That ain't happening. Come on. This is I love the Rams. Minus three and a half. I think that's, that is 100% the play in this game. All right, there we go. It sounds like the Rams are the best bet from, from the podcast in uh, in unison here. Um, so there we go. You got to wait till Monday. You got to wait till Monday night. Save the best for last. Um, all right, that is a that is a podcast. Uh, thank you to Dan Lifshatz from 98.5 Sports Hub for coming on the Unreasonable Odds podcast and joining us this week. Um, enjoy Wild Card Weekend, guys. For for Julian Edlow, for Steve Buchanan, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. Um, hopefully, go in and get those uh, promos that we discussed off the top of the show, and we will talk to you guys next week.